There are two hills fighting for the heart and soul of this nation, Capitol Hill and Calvary. That's right, politics and religion, the two things you're not supposed to talk about. But what are we doing? We're not running away from either of them. In fact, we're pitching our tent and we're setting up camp right smack dab in the middle of them both, taking on today's most controversial political moves through a biblical lens. It's time to equip this generation to rise up into its God-appointed destiny to enter into, fight, and win the culture wars. It's time to take our nation back. Welcome to Camp on the Hill. Welcome back to Camp on the Hill. Guys, welcome to Camp on the Hill. This is episode seven. And guys, Camp on the Hill is growing. This podcast is growing. And if, you, if you've been a part of this, you've been listening to Camp on the Hill, thank you, thank you, thank you. This is all about equipping people to enter into, fight, and win the culture wars. Because we're in a war right now, right? We're, we're not in a war where, where bombs are dropping and guns are going off. We're in a war of ideas right now that are fighting for the heart and soul of this nation. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being a part of making Camp on the Hill happen. And speaking of ideas, the past few years, we've seen a lot of new ideas. We've seen ideas like safe spaces, right? Where, where college kids, you know, when their professors talk about things that they don't want to hear, you know, they go to their safe spaces. We, we, we've seen new ideas like cancel culture, right? Uh, we've seen attempts to culturally redefine things like gender and equality, We've seen a demand in our nation from one group of people for total alignment and total allegiance with their ideas from the rest of the population or face cancellation or heavy hate and accusation, which then leads right into the whole cancel culture thing. Where did these ideas come from? What happened to our country? Well, you see, guys. In the past few years, we've witnessed the rise of an entirely new group of people. We're not talking here about your grandparents' Democratic Party. We're not talking about your parents' Dem- Democratic Party. We're, not, we're talking about a new group of people who does not believe in the morals and the values that have made America great. We're talking about a group of people that does not believe in the goodness of America we're talking about a group of people that are like adult children. They demand that they get their own way, and when they don't, they throw a tantrum. Except because they're adults, their tantrums are a lot more damaging and threatening. We're talking about a group of people that is, being, that is dangerous not because of who they are, but because they are being used to push a socialist agenda on our nation, and they're being used to fundamentally dismantle United States of America. And you see, the problem is many on the right, many in the church are intimidated. They're intimidated. They don't know how to engage with this group of people. They, 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 they don't know how to have a conversation with them. Many are intimidated by them. But guys, it is our duty as Christians and it's our duty as patriots to push back against the ideas and the worldviews that are being pushed by this group of people on our country. Who are these people? What do they believe? Why do they believe these crazy things? How can I engage them and dismantle their arguments? 
How can I show them truth ultimately so we can fight together to take this nation back? Join us today on episode seven of Camp on the Hill, the new wave of liberals. So let's begin with where did these people come from? Well, to start off, we're going to start off with a a quote from John Adams. John Adams said, and we mentioned this quote in a previous episode, he said, our constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. So he says something very interesting. He says that John Adams says that our constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. And that when our nation would begin to move away from morals and from religion or, or from faith in God, that, that everything would begin to fall apart. So we got to define two things here uh, to start off in, 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 in this whole topic. We got to define these two worldviews that are at odds with one another right now, these two worldviews that are kind of fighting for our nation right now. One is our form of government that we currently have, that our founders implemented. It's called a constitutional republic, okay? We have a constitutional republic. You and I live in a constitutional republic. A constitutional republic is where we have a constitution that guides everything that we do and everything the government can do and and all of our laws that are created and passed are, are, are based on the Constitution. They cannot go outside of the bounds of the Constitution, right? We have rights that are given to us from God. Our Constitution lays out the very foundation for how everything in our country is supposed to work. Then we have representatives that you and I get to vote on. You and I, yes, you and I get to choose the people that represent us in fair elections. You and I get to choose them. They then represent the will of the people to be enforced in our government. That is a constitutional republic. Now, this works because the will of the people originally was influenced by biblical values, by biblical morals, biblical virtues. The the people that founded our country, not all of them were Christians. A lot of them were Christians. Not all of them were Christians, but most of them, most of them, even if they weren't Christians, most of them believed in and lived their lives based on biblical morals, biblical virtues, and biblical values, which history has proven that those people groups and that those nations that have built their way of life upon the values, the morals, the virtues that are found in God's word, they stand they do not fall. They stand and they are seen through very tough times, which is why America, in, in, in all the craziness that we've faced over the past 245 years, why we're still here and why we're still the strongest, most influential nation in the world today, because we have had a history of choosing to build our society upon God's virtues, God's morals, God's values. Now, that's a constitutional republic. What is challenging that today, and this is what the new wave of liberals is wanting to implement, is socialism. What is socialism? In a nutshell, socialism is when the you have a centralized government 
who owns all of the means of production. They also plan and control the economy. Socialism overall is a move toward total government control. And so you have two different things here. You have a constitutional republic where the people get to vote who their leaders are, and then those leaders enforce the will of the people. So it's a government of the people, for the people, by the people. The power is always in the hands of the people versus socialism, which is what the new wave of liberals wants to introduce into our society, or should I say force into our society. And that's exactly what socialism is. It's force. It's imposed will. It's the government imposing their will upon the people instead of the people telling the government how we want our society to work. And what's interesting too, guys, this isn't just, these aren't just political ideas. These aren't just government ideas, all right? These are spiritual ideas because the thing is, and a lot of Christians don't understand this, Christianity and socialism are directly opposed to one another. Christianity and socialism not, not just do not exist together, they cannot coexist. Because what is Christianity? All right, I mean, just look at one of the things that Jesus said. Jesus said that if you continue in his word, in the Bible, that if you continue in his word, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you what? Free. So many scriptures throughout the Old Testament, throughout the New Testament, God, God, God's story of, of redemption, his story of redeeming mankind all throughout history is all about setting his people free, giving people the ability to think and make decisions for themselves, to know the truth that sets them free. Socialism is control. It's all about a centralized government imposing their will on the people, creating a working state that would serve the wealthy class that would serve the rich who own all the means of production. They cannot exist together. So here's the deal. All right. If I were somebody who wanted to create a socialist state in America, how would I go about that? Well, the first thing I would realize that I would need is I can't do it on my own. I would need to create an army who would push this socialist state forward. But how would I get that army? Where would I start looking for such an army. I would start with, let's say, an army of about 50.7 million people. Where would I find such an army? Well, federal projections for the fall of 2022 project that about 50.7 million students will be in public schools in 2022, in the fall of 2022. So if I were somebody who wanted to implement socialism in America and I needed an army to push those ideas forward, because I can't do it on my own, I need an army, I would begin by implementing socialist ideas into the very fabric of the curriculum of the American public schools. But wait a minute. Wouldn't kids be able to see right through these ideas? Well, not necessarily. You see, socialist concepts have been implemented into the American public school curriculum, mostly being taught through examples 
that appeal to emotions, one, but also to things that most people agree are wrong. So slavery, okay? Everyone agrees that slavery was a terrible stain on America's history. The way that the American Indians were treated, all right? For the most part, everyone agrees that was not good, all right? There was not good, it was terrible. Uh, The working conditions of workers and young children and women during the American Industrial Revolution, um, the evils of war, all of these things are designed to highlight and focus on the scars of America's story in an effort to smear the reputation of our founding fathers and to paint capitalism as an unfair system and the source of all kinds of evil. But here's the problem with all this, right? The, the problem is, guys, more and more and more and more and more, more and more young people are falling for this nonsense and are buying into these lies because as a society over the past several decades, as a society, we have continually become less and less courageous and willing to take risks. And instead, we've become soft, cowardly, and dependent on safety. I mean, guys, the, the, this new wave of liberals that we're talking about here, all right, they buy into all this stuff that's being taught them, that, that they're being indoctrinated with in the American public school system. This is, this is the generation of participation trophies, okay? This is the generation of everyone's a winner. Everyone gets a trophy, okay? When that's not real life, there are winners and there are loser, losers. This is the generation that had helmets and padding for walking outside and walking down the street, okay? This is the generation of enabling helicopter parents, all right? This is the generation that they don't like to take risks, okay? They don't want adventure. They need, they thrive on safety. They are driven by a need for comfort and affirmation. They don't want to create a life for themselves because everything has always been provided for them. So, right, it, it's only normal that then they believe that the government should then continue to take care of them and provide everything they need as well. They run from responsibility and accountability. It intimidates them. They don't like to be challenged. In fact, they view challenges as a threat, as a personal attack, instead of what most people have always looked at challenges as, an opportunity to overcome and an opportunity to grow, okay? And it's not completely their fault, guys. I mean, this is a generation who was raised, like I said, by enabling helicopter parents who got participation trophies, who was always affirmed, 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 never pushed to do their best, all right? Never pushed to you know, persevere through tough times. Instead, hey, let's 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 make sure they don't have to go through tough times. Let's take the tough times away from them. Let let's take away anything that would hinder them or impede them in any way. Instead of teaching them to push through those things, let's remove those circumstances from them to make them comfortable, to make them happy. They've been set up for this, guys. They've been set up by by a society that has more and more moved away, like John Adams said, moved away from morals and from 
from true biblical strength, that we've moved away from those things and we've become a soft society, a soft society that is dependent and thrives on safety and comfort versus, you know, like look at, look at the pilgrims that came here, guys, people that risked life and limb to escape religious persecution came to a new land with nothing and literally started a new life for themselves and a new nation. Look at the founders of our country. I mean, look at I mean, look at a, a, one of the one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence, Lewis Morris. You probably never never heard of him, all right? Lewis Morris. Go ahead and look him up. Lewis Morris was a guy who signed the Declaration of Independence, and he was told ahead of time, if you choose to do this, if you choose to align yourself with these patriots and you choose to sign this thing, you could lose everything. You could lose your reputation. You could lose friends. You could lose family. And you know what Lewis Morris said? He's a famous quote. He said, damn the consequences. Give me the pen. That's a man who took risks. That's a man who was not dependent on comfort, but a man who was thriving after adventure and after something greater, who wanted to persevere because he saw something greater ahead. All right. I think of someone like my grandfather. All right. My grandfather, as a young man, went off to Europe to fight in World War II and was a turret gunner. Right, that was literally the guy who sits underneath the plane in that little ball with the gun, and he's gunning down other airplanes. All right, I mean, there's a reason that the, the people that fought in World War II they were called the greatest generation. Right, these were young men, some of them right out of high school, overseas fighting Nazis, man. Yet today, our kids are getting participation trophies. This, guys, this is what I'm talking about. This is how we have gotten the new wave of liberals. This is who they are. So what do they believe? Well, you see, they're actually a giant ball of confusion and contradictions. So on one hand, they profess to want freedom. They want to live the way they want. They want people to be able to choose to identify as anything that they want. They are the type of people that let their children decide everything instead of actually teaching and guiding them. They want total freedom, yet at the same time, they want big government. They want the government to babysit them. They want the government to control every part of their lives. It's a giant contradiction. They believe themselves to be tolerant and compassionate, accepting of everyone and everything, yet they can be some of the most aggressively hateful people. They will demand that you conform to their ideas and worldviews, yet they will troll you and seek to create pressure to silence and cancel you when you share yours. They believe in free everything, universal health care, free college. Right? They believe in free everything, yet at the same time, they want total government control. They believe there is no such thing as absolute truth that everyone has their own truth. And in that, they believe completely in free speech unless it begins to intimidate them and doesn't line up with their beliefs. Guys, you got to remember something here. All of this is driven by their core need for comfort and safety. And the reality that they've pretty much always had everything provided for them without having to work hard for it at all. Comfort and safety. The government is now just the next enabling helicopter parent. 
And when they argue, right, or when, when, they're, when they're arguing or when they're disputing a matter, when you're trying to have a conversation with them, very rarely do they know any actual facts or statistics. Their default is always an emotional response and or slander with you know, one of the myriad of phobias calling people homophobic or xenophobic or racists. You know, that's their go-to. That's their default when they don't like something is to give an emotional response or to slander people to end the conversation. So let's, let's take a, like COVID-19 for an example, right? You know, one of the, one of the, the things you'll hear when it talks about, uh, you know, with COVID-19 is, you know, they want the mandates. They want, they believe that the, the new wave of liberals believes in government mandated everything that the government should mandate masking the government should mandate vaccines the government should tell you when you go out and where you go they believe that the government should have total control and their their argument for this it's an emotional one but people are dying they'll say but people are dying yes people are dying but what are the actual facts and statistics on that well one of the things that they're not going to be able to know and they're not going to tell you, they're not going to bring up in a conversation, is that there have been about 39 million recorded cases of COVID-19 in the United States of America. That's about 10 to 11% of the population. And there have been six around 600,000 recorded deaths. That's a lot. But within that, that includes many older people who had pre-existing conditions, right? This includes people that were dying of other causes, yet were being marked down for COVID-19 because they tested positive for COVID-19 at the the time of death. So there are people that have been dying of heart disease, people that have been dying of cancer, people that have been dying of of a myriad of different sicknesses and diseases and and all sorts of stuff. But because they had tested positive for COVID-19 at the time of their death, they are marked for COVID-19 as the reason for death. And on top of that too, faulty tests. I mean, I mean, I mean, this is, this has been proven that the tests are faulty. Um, I mean, so there's all this stuff. So even still that 600,000 out of the 39 million cases is 1.6%, guys, a 1.6% mortality rate of people that actually catch it. I mean, this is what we see with the flu. Yet because our government and our media is appealing to the new wave of liberals with emotion. People are dying. You got to protect the ones that you love. If you really love your parents, if you really love your grandparents, if you really love your kids, you'll get the shot. You'll wear a mask. Because they're addressing it from an emotional response instead of a fact and statistic based one, the new wave of, of liberals, they don't see what's really happening, right? They believe that everyone should have free access to healthcare, uh, free access to, to college. You know, again, they'll use the emotional argument, but everyone should be able to have free healthcare. Everyone should be able to have the opportunity to go to, to college for free. The people that can't afford it, everyone should be able to. But they don't think of the actual facts of this situation, guys. That that you know what costs money? Healthcare. You know what costs money? College. Somebody's got to pay the professors. They're not just working for free. The custodians, the janitors, the people working in the in the cafeterias, the dean of the college, um, people that are painting the college, people that are doing repair work, you know, people that are taking care of the the property and landscaping. Look at hospitals, nurses, doctors, people that run the hospital. Again, janitors, 
People are not going to work. People work in the cafeteria, at the coffee shop, at the gift shop. They're not working for free. Everything costs money. But the new wave of liberals doesn't consider that. They look at everything from an emotional-based standpoint. They don't think of actual facts. That You know what? If we offer free health care, if we offer free college, you know what's going to happen? Someone's paying for that. Your taxes are going to go up. And also because it's free and people aren't making as much money as they used to in those jobs, you're not going to have as good quality. The, the, the quality of doctors, the quality of nurses, the quality of surgeons, the quality of anesthesiologists, the quality of professors is all going to go down. Okay? They're all going to go down. But they don't think about things like this. The new wave of liberals do not think of actual facts and statistics. All right. Look at uh, you know the thing that happened last summer with George Floyd, you know, all the, the rioting and the protesting that broke out because of that. And what did the new wave of liberals shout? They were constantly shouting systemic racism, systemic racism. When guys, they have no clue what that actually means. All right. There's one thing you gotta know about the new wave of liberals is they have a a, a set of rehearsed statements and phrases that they love to use over and over again. And the reason they love to use it is because they hear it from their professors in colleges and these liberal colleges and universities. And it's because they hear it from the news stations. They hear these phrases over and over and over again, but they don't really know what they actually mean. And they can't use them with actual fact and statistic to convince people of the truth because there is no truth behind them. So let's take a look at systemic racism for a minute. So systemic racism by definition means that racism is actually built into the very laws and systems of everything we do here in the United States of America. When that is absolutely factually disproven since 1964 and the Civil Rights Act made that illegal. There is no active racism being written into law or into any system in the United States of America today. And if it is found, it is quickly done away with. Okay? What the new wave of liberals actually means when they see something that they call systemic racism is that there is unequal outcome when it comes to race across America, when it comes to um, how much people make. Is there an unequal outcome between uh, the average amount of money that white people make and black people make and Hispanic people make and American Indian people make in America? Is there an unequal outcome? Yes, absolutely. 100% there is. Correct. But... Because of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, discrimination legally cannot take place based on race and many other factors. So there has to be other factors at play. There has to be other factors at play. So guys, here's how you, how you can start to break through. Here's how you can start to, start to crack this nut of the, the new wave of liberals. Ask them questions. When you're having conversations with them, Ask them questions. Give them opportunities to say what they're going to say. Ask them a question. Question, question, question. But when you question them, you question them including actual facts and statistics. And make sure to keep the conversation focused on the facts, not the feelings. Do not allow it to drift to the feelings. Remember, their default is always to go to feelings and emotion. And if they realize that they're not going to win you over, they will jump to slandering you with many of the different, you know, homophobic, xenophobic, racist, whatever. So keep it focused on facts and statistics, because if you keep it focused on the facts and statistics, their argument will absolutely fall apart. And their arguments always fall apart. And the reason, guys, is because 
their arguments have no foundation behind them. Their beliefs are flawed to the core. So now here's the real question. What do we do about it? Well, guys, what we have to, we got to remember this. We are in a spiritual battle. And whether we like it or not, the new wave of liberals, they are our brothers and sisters. Some of them may be Christians. Some of them may not be. It doesn't matter. They are still people. They're still men and women created in the image of God. And God's goal is their heart. Jesus laid down his life for them, just like he did for you and me. They are not our enemy. Remember, man truly is never our enemy. We have but one enemy, and his name is Satan. And you have to remember what Satan's goal is here. Remember, the big picture is our nation and the world. It, it, it's the dismantling of individual freedoms to bring us into a, a slave state, basically, uh, ultimately is what the end of communism is and what the end of you know, those who, the wicked men and women who are in power right now, what they're trying to do. That's Satan's ultimate goal is to bring about a new world order. All right, when you look at the Bible and you look at end times prophecy, his ultimate goal is to bring about a slave state where you have a, 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 an entire one world system that bows down and worships him, Satan. Um, so we have an enemy, but on a smaller scale, Satan's attack is on the dignity and destiny of individuals. So the response of us, the Christians, the patriots, our response always must be love. Now we can speak truth. Remember, I mean, I just armed you with some facts and statistics a couple minutes ago because Jesus tells us you speak the truth in love. Like the word of God tells us, speak the truth in love. Come with facts, come with statistics, sit down, have conversations, but your goal should always be to honor and respect the individual. Even when they come at you with dishonor and disrespect, your heart, your goal should always be to show love and that that person would come away from that conversation after talking with you, knowing more of who they are in Christ than they did before the conversation, that they would be encouraged and exhorted. That's our goal. Our response always has to be love. Our response should be Jesus's response, his goal, which is to restore everything that the enemy has stolen. And guys, our job, and I truly believe that God wants to use us for this with this new wave of liberals, God wants to use us to restore everything that the enemy has stolen from this generation. Everything that the enemy has taken away from this generation through the way they were raised and and the way that they've been used by wicked men and women and by our corrupt media, the way that they've been used, everything that's been stolen from them, God wants to restore that in them. And I believe he wants to use you and me to do it. So how do we do that? Well, some things we can do, right? Some things we can do, develop relationship with them, okay? Don't just go up to them and start arguing with them, all right? That's crazy. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus never did that. Jesus developed relationships with people, okay? The Pharisees, the religious people, that's quite the opposite deal. They went up to people and they just started arguing. They started spouting off facts. And ultimately, they didn't care about the individual. They just wanted to win an argument. We should be willing to lose the argument to win an individual. Because that opens up 
opportunity later to speak truth. So work on developing relationships. Remember, people don't care what you know until they first know that you care. So work on developing relationships. When you have those relationships with people, work on calling out the strengths, encouraging and building up these people. Because remember, a lot of the things that the new wave of liberals do, a lot of the, the, the ways that they respond and their aggressiveness and sometimes hateful and slandering and, and emotion-based, a lot of the times they do this, guys, because they have weakness. They, they have weakness. They don't believe in themselves. There's things that they don't believe that they're capable of doing. So call out the strengths that you see in them. Encourage them. Build their character up. Um, invite, them, invite them into adventure and good fights, right? Invite them into adventure. When you look at Jesus and you know when he called his disciples, he didn't come out to them and, and just start spouting off facts to them. He said, drop your nets and follow me. I'm going on an adventure. I'm going to change the world. And they followed him because human beings, no matter what their worldview is, no matter what their political views are, no matter what their sexual orientation, any of this stuff, they are drawn to adventure. They are drawn to battle, to good fights, to good, worthy fights and battles. Invite them into adventure. Invite them into good fights. If you and your buddies are going camping, invite them along camping. Right? If you and your buddies are going shooting, invite them shooting. If you're going out to eat, you're going out to coffee. If you're going out with your family and you want them to see you know, how a family, uh, a good, healthy family, you know, interacts with one another, invite them along. Right? If you're going to a protest for something and they may not fully agree with what, with what you're protesting, but bring them along. Take them out to lunch afterward. Pay for them, but bring them along. Let them see your passions come alive, your good, holy, righteous passions come alive. Invite them into that. Pray for them. Never underestimate the power of prayer. Remember, God, his goal is their heart and to restore everything the enemy has taken from them. So pray for them. Help them to see the wicked men and women that are exploiting the weak and that have been using them. Help them to see that, right? And, and however that could happen and discussions and questioning, and, and to, but help them to see the, the true wickedness for what it really is. Invite them into something bigger than themselves. And when you do that, watch them come alive. The new wave of liberals is here and the battle lines have been drawn. Satan is working through wicked politicians and a corrupt media to use this generation to bring about corrupt political ends. But we have something stronger than that corrupt media, stronger than those wicked politicians, stronger than Satan himself. We have the heart of God on our side. It's time that we encounter the new wave of liberals with something they've never experienced. Truth in love. The heart of Jesus himself. And as we do, prepare to watch this generation be restored and receive the dignity and destiny that God has destined them for. And then we can finally all work together to take our nation back. Mm -hmm.